Hey Colts fans, this is the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades podcast and we are coming from you literally in our car as we drive home to Anderson, Indiana. Uh, Obviously the news you guys have probably heard by now, Andrew Luck is retiring from football, will no longer be the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Massive, you know, hand grenade dropped on this team on Colts Nation tonight. We wanted to come to you right now to kind of go over how it went down. I can tell you I'm on the field, I'm on the sidelines taking photos, my phone buzzes and I look and it's somebody tweeting at me asking me if the Schefter report is true and I'm like, there is no way that is true, I can see Andrew Luck, he's across the field from me sitting on the the bench with his teammates, Uh, so I tweeted George and I said, hey, Uh, I said, Schefter got hacked, right, this can't be true. Uh, George, what did you do then when I had sent you that tweet? Yeah, I was already, I had already seen it. First of all, let me just start by saying the last thing I thought I was going to do tonight is cover the end of Andrew Luck's career. Uh, this is this is the way this business works. I was talking with Mike Wells, the outstanding Colts reporter for ESPN, a little bit uh, on our way to the car, and, and he's done this for much longer than me. 18 years ago, he covered the death of Corey Stringer uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. That happened in training camp. He said that's the only thing in his career that even comes close to comparing to this, uh, to have the news break during the game with luck on the sideline. Uh, you know, I, there's nothing really comparable to that. I walked over to the Colts media guys as soon as I could where they are up in the press box. And all I said was, hey, is this tweet true? Didn't even have to tell them which one. And the answer I got back is we'll have something for you as soon as we possibly can. That wasn't a denial. And to me, that was as good as confirmation at this point. Obviously, if it wasn't true, they would have said no right at that time. Uh, the only thing I can compare it to is the Josh McDaniels situation. I remember uh, we still had the foster kids at that time, and we had just sat down for dinner uh, when I looked at Twitter at that point and, and saw again Adam Schefter uh, in, the, in the tweet that, that Josh McDaniels was not, in fact, coming to Indianapolis and that the, the uh, press conference that had been scheduled for the next day wasn't going to happen. And I did the same thing today that I did then. I checked that account 14 times to make sure it wasn't a parody account. Uh, And then even now, honestly, as we're sitting in the car, I watched Andrew Luck cry right before me. I watched uh, Jim Ursay sit in denial and and hold open the uh, possibility that he'll come back at some point in the future. I watched Chris Ballard with tears in his eyes. It still doesn't feel real to me. It still feels like something that that is a dream, and we're going to wake up in the morning. So George sends me back a tweet on the field and says, you know, I I talked to the media guys. They say they're going to have something. I make my way over to the cold side of the field because I had been shooting from the other side. Uh, And just as I'm arriving at the bench area, one of the media guys for the the Colts walks up to Andrew Luck. You can see they have a conversation. Now we know what that conversation obviously was. Uh, and he kind of pulls Andrew into an area where it was very difficult for us photographers to take pictures of him. Immediately, it was kind of like his teammates cocooned him. Uh, you had Anthony Costanzo and uh, Quentin Nelson on one side. On the other side was Ryan Kelly. Uh, the biggest guys in the team are, were, were surrounding him, and you could kind of tell they were protecting him from the cameras. Um, 
as I'm standing there, you start kind of hearing a murmur throughout the crowd, and it was obvious that word was getting out. Uh, there were fans behind the stands, uh, behind the, the bench, that were yelling at Andrew, saying, you know, is it true? Can you? We need to know. You need to tell us. Um, you know, people started taking off their jerseys, and, you know, you could tell there was something going on. The entire tenor of the game had changed. Um, I think word kind of started filtering out among the players, uh, and there was there was some kind of distressed looks on their face, I would say. Uh, as we got towards the end of the game, the final seconds are ticking down. Uh, the head of cold security had come out, and he was escorting Andrew out of the uh, out of the the field, and uh, it was then that the fans really let their displeasure with this news that they hadn't had confirmation yet, uh, but it had, it had gotten out. Um, and, you know, Andrew said during the press conference that we were in that he heard the boos that were coming from the stands and that, that it hurt. And I'm not surprised by that because Andrew really does value Indianapolis as his home. Yeah, and let's let's be clear about something right away. I understand the reaction of the fans. It happens in the moment. You're angry. Uh, you don't understand what's going on. You're confused. I think everybody was tonight, honestly, uh, just trying to search for answers and, and, you know, what the heck's going on here. Uh, a few months ago, we heard this was a, a calf strain, a minor calf strain. He's going to be back any day now. Uh, you know, fast forward to, to August 24th, and he's announcing that he's retiring from the NFL. So, Obviously, I understand where the fans were coming from. I don't think ultimately that's going to be the way they feel. I'm sure some will, and that's up to you personally. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to sit here and tell the paying customer how they should feel about this. That's up to each individual fan. I will say this: uh, from having been around him the past seven years, and you know, interacting with him in the locker room, and and you know, uh, just in the season, the little bits that we get of his life. Uh, he's one of the guys that I probably respect the most that I've covered in my my career. I've covered this team for 10 years. I've covered high school sports for more than 20 years, and going back to my days in college at Ball State for you know close to 25 years now. And I would say that Andrew Luck's on a very short list of athletes who I have the most respect for. He's an incredibly smart guy. He's an incredibly loyal guy. He's an incredibly tough guy. You know, I think before you throw him under the bus for this let's not forget this is a guy that that finished the fourth quarter against a denver broncos team that won the super bowl that season with a lacerated kidney and won the game uh that played through an entire 2016 season with a torn labrum in his right shoulder you know this is a guy that that has put it all on the line for this franchise and this city and i think we need to remember that you know again feel how you want to feel i'm not saying that at all that's up to you as an individual, but I can tell you from a bird's eye view, from somebody who's been around this guy, you know, for seven years now, I've got the utmost respect for him, and I think if he's making this decision now, it wasn't without a lot of thought. You heard that in the press conference. Uh, this is really four years in the making. You go back to 2015 when he first injured that shoulder at Tennessee, and he felt like he was stuck in a cycle where his life was nothing but injuries, pain, and rehab from that. And I think he even said that's no way to live. You know, he's got to go and, and get himself right. 
And I will share a bit of, of Jim Ursay's optimism in the fact that I do believe that if, and it's a giant if, if he gets himself back to a state of health where he feels like he did in 2012, he's only going to turn 30 in September. There's a lot of time left for him. You never know what's going to happen in the future. We didn't see this day coming. We might not see the day in the future coming either. But if this is it for him, if this is the last time we see Andrew Luck as a member of the Indianapolis Colts, I think you tip your hat to to one of the greatest competitors the game has seen. And I'll just add to that, you know, fans, I stand on the sidelines, and I have been there for the last four years, and I have seen during these games the hits Andrew takes and can only imagine the toll that is taken on his body and on, on his mental state. Um, and as a former athlete who had an injury that forced me to quit the sport I loved earlier than I wanted to. Maybe that's why I I empathize with him a little more. Um, Because I had to give up basketball before I wanted to. And it hurt. But I had to do it for my own own health and my own well-being. So, George, anything else that stood out to you from that press conference? You know, it was hastily put together because... Obviously, this is not how they planned for this to happen. Um, and, you know, Ursi was there, Ballard was there, Andrew's wife was there, Frank Reich was there, as well as the Ursi daughters. Um, but was there anything else Andrew said particularly that stood out to you? I thought one of the biggest things that was interesting to me was the the fact that he talked about Indianapolis's home. And I know there was some pretty immediate reaction again on social media talking about, you know, how he's never here in the off season. This is a guy that likes to travel. This is a guy, a worldly, a worldly guy, you know, spent part of his childhood in London, grew up in Texas, went to California, went to college in California. This is a guy that, that doesn't like to be in one place very long, but I believe him when he says that he considers this city and this state his home now I thought that was, you know, I thought that was a really good indicator of of where his mindset is moving forward. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, and I didn't get a chance to get it into the story that is on the website right now, and I'm sure I'm going to write more Sunday and Monday and for the next probably uh, year here on this this subject. But I thought one of the things throughout the last year and a half since he came back last season. We've seen a much more open, much more emotionally vulnerable, for lack of a better word, uh, version of Andrew Luck. And I felt like one of the most compelling uh, comments and, and, and feelings that you got from him today uh, concerns Jacoby Brissett. You know, I, I think that... Uh, he admitted that when he came back last year, when he first returned to the field and, and he first started getting back into the locker room and, and practicing with his teammates, there was a little bit of resentment towards Brissett because he saw this incredibly happy, energetic, bubbly kid. And, and we've all seen that, Jacoby. You've seen it on Twitter, some of the crazy questions that he'll answer. And he felt like, this guy's got my spot. How dare he? You know, for Luck to be that honest and that open. And he said, you know what? Over the course of last season and into this spring, Jacoby won him over with that personality. He realizes 
that, that Jacoby Brissett's going to be a lifelong friend for him, and he's going to do everything that he can now to sort of support Jacoby and, and you know, whatever. I, I, I get the feeling that whatever Jacoby needs, whatever questions he's got throughout this season, when, while Luck's doing his rehab and trying to find out what's wrong with his ankle, trying to, to live a normal life again, I think he's going to be there for Jacoby Brissett in any way that he can. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. How he admitted that he was kind of jealous of Jacoby, and that uh, when he came back, he was he saw him as this guy who was in his job. Um, moving on to the well, second, I want, just one more thing, real quick. I, I, I'm sorry That's to fine. cut you off, but as far as Jacoby goes, I think people should realize you've been around him, and I've been around him. He is a product of the New England factory. That's where he got drafted. And there are times when you very much see that. His media interactions can be very much Bill Belichickian, for lack of a better word. I think I just coined that phrase here. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's, he can be very distant at times. If he doesn't like your question, he'll tell you uh, in no uncertain terms. He can be very short with the media. But also, there is a charisma about him. I remember when he first signed, the very first press conference that he came in, you had this feeling he's a very likable guy, and that wears off on his teammates. There's more to that to being a quarterback in the NFL, obviously, but that wears off on his teammates. Jacoby Brissett is very easy to like. He's very a rare leader, and I think this team will rally behind him pretty quickly. Yeah, I think they will. Um, I think you're going to have a team that's going to be a little bit heartbroken. Um, I think there are a lot of players, uh, you know, that are particularly close to Andrew. Uh, Anthony Costanzo is, Costanzo is one of those. Um, that it's going to be tough. I mean, get, getting up tomorrow morning and, and getting back to practice is going to be tough for these guys. Uh, but they're professionals, and they will put aside their feelings, and I think they have faith that Jacoby can lead them, uh, which leads us to the second press conference we had, uh, and that was with Ursay and Ballard and Reich, and they all sound really confident that Jacoby Brissett is their guy going forward. And, and honestly, they have to say that right now, but I do believe them in that regard. They've said it when they didn't have to. They said it last year when Luck was starting and playing. That they believe in Jacoby Brissett. They see the skill set in him moving forward. They think he can be a, a good starting quarterback in this league. And so we're going to find out. You know, I can share this now. This spring when we had our our little conversation with, with Chris Ballard after the draft that we do now every year. He told us then he felt like Jacoby Brissett was a guy that if he had the other pieces around him, he had a really good defense, a good running game, good players at the skill position. He can win games for you in this league. And the Colts feel like they've got that now. They feel like they have a defense that can dictate to other teams. You know, they feel like they've got a lot of good skill position talent. And they obviously want to have a top five running game this year. They've talked about that all along. So I think Jacoby's not going to be asked to be the hero that, that Andrew Luck had to be through most of his career. He's going to be asked to go out and do his job to the best of his ability and make the plays that are there to be made. And I feel like this season goes one of two ways. In a football standpoint only. In no other way are these situations comparable. I want to make that very clear right now. But in a football standpoint only, this reminds me of the Chuck Pagano situation in 2012. 
we came in on a bye week that year and Bruce Arians is at the podium crying in front of the media saying that they're going to make the playoffs in, in Chuck Pagano's honor, basically. He's going to keep the light on in his his locker room or in his office. And, and when Chuck gets back, he's going to have a playoff team that he's coaching. And I remember shaking my head at that time and thinking, that is an admirable goal, Bruce, Allen, Bruce Arians, and there is no way on earth it's going to happen. And that team galvanized together for their head coach, who was fighting leukemia. Everybody knows that story. It was one of the most magical seasons I have ever covered at any level in my life. And they made the playoffs, and you were there on Christmas Eve when Chuck Pagano came back to that team and cried again before the media and thanked Bruce Arians and thanked that team for what they did in his absence. That is obviously life and death, literally. It is a much more serious situation than Andrew Luck deciding he doesn't want to play a child's game anymore and wants to try to live a normal life. But I think this team now has the same fork in the road that 2012 team did. This will either bring them together and make them stronger or it will tear them apart and they will have a you know a rough season and, and pick high in next year's draft. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Uh, you know, I, I don't think any of us really know right now what to expect. Um, Jacoby didn't play today. Um, his preseason has been Uneventful? Is that a nice way to put it? Yeah, he had one one great drive. And, you know, other than that, you really haven't seen much from him this preseason. Uh, And really, training camp and and, in the spring have been hit and miss. It's been a very uh, uneven, I would call it, spring and and summer for for Brissett. So, yeah, you know, he's he's the first guy that's got to dig down deep inside him now and find out how he's going to respond to this. And I'll tell you what, this team will follow his lead. If Jacoby is, is hesitant and he, you know, takes some time to kind of warm up to this role, then the team will struggle. If Jacoby steps in and, and takes command right away, uh, then I think the team will be will be better off for it. I think, from my experience around Brissett, I think he will do the latter. I think he will step in and, and take control right away and, and put his his mark on this locker room. Uh, but even then, the toughest part's going to be going out on the field and getting it done. And, and as I said earlier, I don't think they're going to ask him to be a hero. But he's going to have to make plays. And he's going to have to move the chains. And he's going to have to use T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron and Marlon Mack and, and Paris Campbell and all the weapons at his disposal. Because they're not going to win games, you know, just in a game manager situation. So... Uh, Yeah, I mean, this season, I'll tell you, in a weird way, I'm excited. I'm obviously shocked and and confused as everybody else. This is not uh, at all what we thought we'd be doing. Uh, This is not the team we thought we'd be covering in 2019. But I also think you've got a a blank book in front of you now. And I think it's going to be really interesting to, to see how the Colts fill these pages in. That Frank Reich has to adjust his offense now. That it's not going to be Andrew getting the ball. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett. Are there little things he's going to have to change, or are we basically going to see the same plan? No, they're going to have to change some things up, and and they realize that, and and Reich realizes that. This is where I've said this before in some of these situations that they've gone through, and he might be 
the best man on earth to be the head coach of this team right now. Sometimes things happen for a reason and there's blessings in disguise and, and all these other things, higher power at work, whatever it is that you believe in, uh, that he came here to Indianapolis. But you look at his playing career and the way he had to step in, you know, time and time again for Jim Kelly in Buffalo and and fill really big shoes for a team that, that went to four straight Super Bowls. But just as importantly, you look at his experience two years ago in Philadelphia when Carson Wentz went down right before the playoffs and everybody wrote those Eagles off and they adapted an offense to what Nick Foles did well. And Nick Foles had one of the best playoff runs probably in the history of the game. And the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Is that where the Colts are headed? That's an awful, lofty goal. Probably not. Let's be honest right off the bat. But can Jacoby Brissett, can they can they work to his strengths? And can Jacoby Brissett lead this team to be in contention for a playoff spot? I believe so. I mean, I think this this is a wide-open canvas now. This team could be anything from 4-12 and 12 to 10-6 and 6 or anything in between. And I think Reich's experience and having been through this as a player, having been through this as a head coach, He's going to get this team reset this week. He's going to get the conversation away from what they don't have and on to what they do have. And, you know, I don't know what the future holds. None of us do. If I did, I would go and win the lottery right now and vacation in the Bahamas and, and walk away from all of this. But I, I do know this. Frank Reich will have this team the best version it can be. Whatever you see on the field, it's going to be the best possible product they can produce. How do you think expectations will change, and how do you think they should change? I think you already see that. You know, expectations now are gone. There are none. Uh, you know, this was a team that was was bandied about as a potential Super Bowl team. Uh, you know, people lock, looking at the fact that every one of the franchise's Super Bowl appearances has come in Miami, and with Andrew Luck healthy, this was a team that had a chance to go and win the AFC. I think a lot of people... Uh, really believed that and expected that and now that's all off the table you know I think but I think that can be good for this team too now they're back to where they were a year ago where everybody's doubting them everybody expects nothing of them and we've seen this team again and again rally in those situations the problem with that is each of those times they rallied in those situations they had number 12 at quarterback now they got to do it without him that's the biggest challenge they've ever faced. So what should we expect? I mean, we've got two weeks till the regular season. What should we expect is going to be happening around the team in these next two weeks? A lot of resetting of the deck. A lot of focusing on the here and now. I think that's another thing you heard all through last year, 1-0. and Block everything else out. The only thing that matters is this week preparing for this opponent, being the best team that they can be on that Sunday. It's all a bunch of cliches. I understand that. That's the only thing that matters right now. That's what this team has to do. It doesn't matter if they're expected to go to the Super Bowl, if they're expected to pick first overall in the draft. All they can do is focus on what they do well, come up with the best game plan that they can every week, focus on the Los Angeles Chargers for right now, and go and try to win that game that week. Nothing else matters. I think Reich and Ballard do a terrific job of getting the team in that mindset. It's going to be harder now than it ever has been before for obvious reasons. But I think that's going to be the goal. In the next two weeks, 
they're going to rally behind Jacoby Brissett, and we'll see the way things turn out on September 8th in L.A., whether or not it works. Well, I know that I can't ever remember a night like Twilight Fest. Um, you know, we expected to be home well before now. <laughs> um, and we're still making our way there, obviously. Um, but, you know, this will definitely go down in one of those nights I know we'll never forget. And I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of fans still kind of in shock. A lot of fans, you know, that are angry. Um, and, you know, I, I think when we all come through this, we will eventually, uh, hopefully, appreciate Andrew for what he did give this team um, at the time of his career. Sorry, we're going through a really weird construction area <laughs> right now, and I'm afraid George is going to miss the road because I'm, I'm not quite good. sure where the road is. I got you covered. Okay, good. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I you know I think we can look back eventually and appreciate you know the, the ups and downs we did have with Andrew. I remember the the playoff game with Kansas City, and I'm at the Pacers game covering the Pacers game. And, you know, they got down big early, and everybody had basically tuned out and was paying attention to the game. Uh, but I was sitting in front of some of the TV guys who had the game up on their monitors. And Colts get back in it, get back in it, and get back in And, like, the fans behind them start noticing that the game's changing. And pretty soon, you know, the entire section behind them is cheering inappropriately for what's actually happening on the court and people are like what's going on and then they finally started announcing the score in the stadium and people were like oh my gosh and that was a really cool part to be part of that comeback um with the fans experiencing it there yeah that that was the second biggest playoff comeback in nfl history and i think that's one of the two games that, that lux be most remembered for i think when people look back on his career, you're either going to think about that game and and that amazing come-from-behind win over the Chiefs, or you're going to think about the the win over the Broncos in 2014 on the road to beat Peyton Manning uh, and his, you know, the, I believe defending Super Bowl champs, or maybe it was the year before they won the Super Bowl, uh, but going out on the road and beating Denver in Denver it was the year before they won the Super Bowl, uh, and, and advancing to the AFC Championship game. One of those two games is probably what what most fans are going to ultimately remember uh, about Andrew Luck and about his time here. And I think that that's, you know, there are worse legacies than that uh, to, to have, you know. So I think it's going to be an incredibly complicated uh, legacy here in Indianapolis. I think there's always going to be a finished and a sense of unfinished business of what might have been. What if he never gets hurt in 2015? What if he never gets hurt this this summer? What you know? What might have happened? Uh, and I think we'll never really ever get satisfying answers to that. Uh, but I think that what I think now, in all honesty, I think this is the defining moment of how Ch- Crick, yeah of how Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are going to be remembered. This is the turning point in their careers as head coach and general manager here. It'll either be remembered as, 
you know, the undoing of their time here in Indianapolis, or it'll be remembered as the the night that they came together and, and put their stamp on this franchise. So I'll tell you this, there's a lot of smart football people who really believe in Chris Ballard and really believe in Frank Reich and think that they're the right people to lead this team. And if that's the case, maybe it'll be this year, maybe it's next year, maybe it's two, three years down the road, and I know it's no time to, to call for patience. Uh, the Colts fans have had plenty of that over the last few years. They've struggled through this this luck injury cycle. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if these guys are who we think they are, they'll find the right answer eventually. And I think it's going to be interesting and, and, and kind of fun to watch them try to find their way. Well, fans, I think uh, we're in for an interesting ride the rest of the season, to say the least. Uh, we'll be back uh, throughout the season to uh, share with you our thoughts on, on how things are going in this new world we find ourselves in where Andrew Luck isn't the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts anymore. Um George, any parting words for people before we sign off for tonight? Yeah, you know, we, we talk all the time. We always have our kind of signature line from Bill and Ted, you know, be excellent to one another. I just want to say more than ever, be kind to your neighbor. Be patient with your fellow Colts fan. Understand there's no right or wrong reaction to this. If your buddy's mad and he wants to curse Jim Ursay and, and Chris Ballard and Andrew Luck and the entire city of Indianapolis – there's no right or wrong way to deal with this. Be kind to each other. Do something to lift somebody up today, tomorrow, next week. We'll all get through this together. All right. That's it for tonight. It is 1 o'clock local time here in Indianapolis. Uh, and we'll be back with you probably uh, sooner than we thought we were going to initially uh, to, to talk more about the future of the Colts. Good night. <laughs>